You are about to listen to Guard Your Tongue, a practical, engaging guide to the laws of Shmiras Halashon. This is a Shmooze production. All of the Shmoozin, as well as all the series that deal with real-life issues, are available on theshmooze.com. At theshmooze.com, you can download or listen live. All of the Shmoozin are available free of charge. Please visit us at www.theshmuz.com. That's theshmooze.com. One of the most famous events in the Gemara is the story of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. At that time, living in Eretz Yisrael wasn't as simple as one would imagine. The Romans already occupied the land, and they were very, very strong, powerful, and created a lot of trouble. At a certain point, an edict came out that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai shall be killed. He and his son ran away to a cave. They remained in that cave for 12 years. The various nisim, not the least of which is a carob tree, suddenly appeared. A stream of water appeared. And for 12 years, they sat and learned in total, complete, uninterrupted silence. And in that time period, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai wrote the Zohar. And when he emerged 12 years later, he came out as a stupendous leader of the Kaisrol, a man who had reached levels that are hard hard to imagine and envision. But what's not as well known is how Reb Shimon Bar Yechai ended up in that cave. What caused the Romans to make this edict that he should be killed? And the Gemara Shabbos tells us that there was a certain Tana who was called Rabbi Yehuda Rosh HaMadabrim B'chol Makom. Rabbi Yehuda was the head speaker. Before anyone else would speak, he would speak first. How did he get that position to be the first and the Chachamim to speak? The Gemara explains that Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Yossi, and Rabbi Shimon Bar-Yichai were sitting. One day they were sitting together, and in that group were many other people, and Yehuda ben Gerim was there as well. Rashi explains that Yehuda ben Gerim was, as his name implies, he was a Ger. His parents were Ger. He's a son of Gerim. He's a son of converts. Either he or his parents were Megayer. But the point being, he was also a great individual. He was also a tremendous Tzamechachem. And he was sitting in that group listening. At a certain point, Rabbi Huda opens up and says, How wonderful are the actions of the Roman Empire. Look what they've done for us. They made various marketplaces. They made beautiful bridges. They made bathhouses. They did so much to improve our condition here. Rabbi Yossi was Shasak. He didn't say a word. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai answered, and he said as follows, Everything that they did, they did for their own good. Don't think they had us in mind. And they put up those tremendous, tremendous bridges so they could collect taxes. And those merchandise places that they made, they did it for their own good. And everything that they've done is for their own good and their own good only. And the Gemara says, basically, it seemed to have ended. Except for one thing. Yehuda ben Girim went away. And he told over to his, apparently to his parents, what had happened. That story spread and spread, and it ended up coming to the Malchus, and it ended up the Roman Empire found out about it. And they sent out the following edict. Yehuda she'ila yis'ala. Yehuda, who spoke well of the Roman Empire, he should be given honor, and he is to be the first speaker on all occasions. Yossi, Yossi who was shasak, who was quiet, he should be sent in exile to Tipori. Shimon, Shimon Bar Yochai, who 
embarrassed the Roman Empire shall be killed. And in fact, that's what happened. From this moment on, Rabbi Huda became the Rosh Madamrim. He was always the first to speak. And Rabbi Yossi was sent into Golis into exile to Sipori. And the edict went out to kill Rabbi Shem Baruchai. He and his son fled to the cave. They remained there. A Baskol came out after 12 years saying, those who are seeking your death have died. And Rabbi Shem Baruchai and his son emerged great individuals. And this case is brought as a classic example of Lashon Hara. And the Kesev Mishnah explains that this is the source for the Rambam's halacha. Look what Yehuda ben Gerim did. He spoke Lashon Hara. Because of him, Rabbi Yossi had to be sent into exile. Because of him, Rabbi Shimon Berachai had to end up in this cave. He spoke Lashon Hara. And this is brought by the Chavetz Chaim. It's brought as the source for the Rambam, as a classic example of Lashon Hara. And what I'd like to do is analyze this case and see if we could learn out from it. And let's start with the obvious question on this case. And that is that it doesn't seem clear at all that this Yehuda ben Girim spoke Lashon Hara. Number one, he certainly didn't have any intention to hurt the Chachamim. He went over and told his parents, and told people afterwards what had occurred. There was no malintent. He didn't intend to malign them. He wasn't trying to get them in trouble. He was telling over something, and it probably was an interesting story, had Das Torah in it, and I'm sure his intentions were not bad at all, number one. And number two, in no way did he think anything bad would come out from it. He didn't intend to hurt the Chachamim, and he certainly didn't think anything bad would come out of it. But even worse than that, what he said wasn't bad at all. He didn't say the Chachamim did something wrong. And what the Chachamim did was absolutely 100% accurate, 100% correct. They would have defended it. It was Das Torah. Everything they said was good. The Chachamim didn't do bad things, and he started maligning them and started talking bad. He reported over what they said, which was Kaddish and Torah, holy words of Torah. So in what sense is he blamed for Lashon Hara? How is this considered an act of Lashon Hara? And what I'd like to do is go back to what we call the Rambam's almost definition of Lashon Hara and get a better understanding of how Chazal understand what Lashon Hara is. And from there, we may be able to better understand why what Yehuda ben Gerim did was wrong. So let's again recap the Rambam. The Rambam defines Lashon Hara as follows. If one tells of a story, that cause, if they're heard from one man to another, if I tell of a story, is that spread? I tell of it to someone and the story is spread and it causes to my friend a damage. If it causes my friend a damage to his body, to his money, or even just to pain him, or even just to cause him fear, this is Lashon Hara. The simple definition is words that hurt and words that damage. But the Rambam is much more clear. Not just if I intentionally say words to hurt you, intentionally say words to damage you or your reputation, even if I didn't mean it. Even if I was talking to somebody and I was just telling a story because whatever was interesting, it's still in the category of Lashon Hara. And if I tell stories about you, even if I don't mean to malign you and put you down, it's still Lashon Hara. But even more than that, even if I said it to you, and directly when I said it to you, it didn't damage that other person's reputation. But you told somebody who told somebody, and it's also in the category of Lashon Hara, words that hurt, words that damage, even not directly, even not intentionally, 
But if they spread, that is a definition of Lashon Hara. <clears throat> whether they damage a person physically, <clears throat> whether they hurt him financially, <clears throat> whether they cause him pain, embarrassment, or even just to cause him tremendous fear, all of that is included in the issue called Lashon Hara. And let's take some common examples, some that are more obvious, and then we'll sort of expand to some that are not so obvious. Let's say I know that your business is in financial trouble. Now, you're doing a very good job job of hiding it. You're not letting your creditors know. You're not letting your vendors know. You're not letting your customers know. But I happen to be aware, and I let some people know. Now, that is a clear example of my telling a story that could come back to harm you in a very grave manner. Let's assume that it's true. You're in financial trouble. There are many businesses that are in financial trouble and come out beautifully. Some businesses are in financial trouble and collapse. Hard to know. But when I spread the word on the street that your business is in financial trouble, well, guess what your creditors are going to do? Anyone who you owe money to is going to demand that money right away because they don't want to be caught. And that alone obviously could cause the demise of your business. Any of your customers, they say, oh, my goodness, the guy may be out of business. I'm not going to buy from him. Any vendors may stop selling to you because, hey, who knows if the guy's going to ever be around to pay me. By just innocently telling somebody, I can damage your business in a grave way. But even if the person that I'm speaking to isn't the vendor, isn't the creditor, isn't one of your customers, I'm, I'm talking, I'm in shul and, and just talking, and I'm telling an interesting story. You know, that big, you know, so-and-so, great business, right? You just know, I know he's uh, hurting real bad. Well, I told somebody, who told somebody, told somebody, your creditors, your vendors, your customers found out, and I damaged your business, maybe destroyed it, and that's a clear example where I caused you a loss. Now, again, I didn't intend it. I didn't go out there and say, I want to destroy this guy's business. And the person I told it to didn't even have anything to do with you. So it sounds so innocent. It sounds like it has nothing to do with Lashon Hara, except the Rambam says it's 100% Lashon Hara. And the proof in the pudding is that when it spreads from this one to this one, it could do the damage exactly as described. And if you think about it, there are so many examples of these things that we assume are innocent. They don't sound that bad, but they could be destructive to people. Let's say I happen to know that this couple has serious shalom bias problems, fighting and screaming and yelling, really bad news. And I go over and tell you, now, listen, I'm not a marriage therapist. Let's assume I'm not a rov. I'm just, you know, so I'm telling you this information, and you also have nothing to do with the couple. You just hear interesting information. Okay, now it sounds innocent. I'm not doing it to malign them. I'm not doing it to, to speak Lashon Hara. I'm just telling you, I just, you should know what's doing over there. Don't, don't assume it's so rosy and peachy. Their Shalom bias is a lot rockier than you thought it was. An innocent story until it spreads. You tell someone to tell someone to tell someone, and then all the ramifications. Let's imagine they have a child who's in Shaduchim, and people don't want to get, get involved in such a family. Let's assume that that person, maybe the father or the wife, is in Chinuch. They may lose a job or they may lose a position. There may be, there are all types of problems and troubles that come out from it. 
And the reality is that we look at things like this as innocent and they end up being tremendously damaging and devastating. When we share information, when we divulge things that people want to keep private, there's a reason why they want to keep it private. If they have a child who has autism, they have a child who has an eating disorder, they have a child who has a panic disorder, a child with OCD, whatever the issue, and they're unfortunately in our society there are huge, huge amount of issues. Kimat, every family has something. But you see, when I tell you and you tell someone, you tell someone, and it's no one's business, it ends up hurting that family in a very real way. First of all, if nothing else, let's assume they don't they don't want it out. Let's assume they don't want the information on the street that they have a child with OCD or a child with autism or whatever the problem may be, and I let it out, that alone can be very destructive and damaging. I tell you who tell someone to tell someone, and before you know it, she finds out, the mother finds out that people know about it, and she's hugely embarrassed. She didn't want anyone to know. Whether her reasons for not letting anyone know are appropriate or not appropriate doesn't matter. When she finds out that the word is out there that her child has X, Y, and Z, she's embarrassed, she's pained, and I spoke Lashonara, you spoke Lashonara, and everyone in the chain spoke Lashonara. But even if it's the kind of thing that you and I assume isn't a Ganai, listen, nobody woke up in the morning and said, Hashem, I would like to have a child with Down syndrome. Hashem, give me a kid with autism. Hashem, please, I think it would be really wonderful if I had a child with cerebral palsy. No one asks for it. No one requests it. And Hashem gives different people, different matzavim, different situations for different reasons. Some are public and some aren't. And if a person wishes for that issue to remain private, and I divulge it, by definition, I'm speaking Lashon Hara. Why? Because automatically it's going to spread from you to the next one to the next one. That person, the mother, the father, whatever it may be, is going to find out eventually that people know about it. They're going to be pained. They're going to be troubled. And that automatically defines it as Lashon Hara. Again, when I did it, I was just talking, just spreading interesting information. No one's blaming. Listen, I can't blame you for having a child that way. You didn't cause it. You didn't want it to be. So it's not bad about you, right? That's correct. It's not a gnai about you at all. It's not derogatory to you. It's not anything that says you did something wrong. But the bottom line is you wish it to be secret. You don't want it out. If it spreads, you can be pained by it. You can be embarrassed. If I divulge that information, I have spoken Lashon Hara. And there are many other examples of things that we don't assume are Lashon Hara, and yet they are. Let's assume that you and I are talking, and we talk about Ruvain. And I say, Ruvain, whoa, that guy has such a temper. What a fierce temper. Now, listen, I didn't tell you he's Al Capone. I didn't tell you he killed anybody. I didn't say, well, I told you he has a temper. Surely that's not Lashon Hara, right? Well, it is. Chavetz Chaim says, any shlilas hamailas, anything that I say that he's lacking in, he has any negative trait, is automatically by definition damaging his honor, damaging his reputation. If I say that he's arrogant, clearly you're going to look at him differently. If I tell you he's stingy, obviously you're not going to look at him the same way. If I say he's self-centered or he's lazy, he's modern, he doesn't want to learn. Anything that I say that mentions that he has a bad trait 
automatically by definition is damaging to that person. It takes him down a notch in your eyes, in my eyes, in other people's eyes, and automatically is Lashon Hara. Again, whether I intended it really to damage him, whether I intended to malign him in a major way or not, either way, it's considered a very real problem, and it is considered completely and totally Lashon Hara. And probably one of the major mistakes we make is in this area. We think that if we talk about other people's lack of particular traits or their chasronos, it's not such a big avera. And this mistake carries over into a much bigger way. Let's assume I didn't tell you he has a bad trait. I didn't tell you he's stingy. I didn't tell you he's cheap. I didn't tell you he's arrogant or lazy. I didn't say anything like that. I just told you he's not the brightest guy. <laughs> Listen, he's not a bad guy. He's a good guy, fine fellow. He's just not the brightest guy. He's just no. <laughs> Ruben, he's not that smart. Surely that's not Lashon Hara, right? Surely that is Lashon Hara. Why? Because let's just play that out in its simplest terms. I tell you, Ruvain's not that smart. So let's imagine for a minute he's single. <clears throat> what do you think is going to happen when it's time for him to uh, go out? <clears throat> the Shaduchim. The word's going to spread from me to you to the other one to the other one that Ruvain is just not too bright of a guy. Well, guess what? <clears throat> he was just damaged automatically. Let's assume he's married and he's looking for a job and the word spreads. Someone asks someone to someone who finds out from someone who I told that he's not that bright. Well, guess what? He's not going to get that job. Well, let's say he owns a business. <clears throat> what do you think the odds of getting clients or customers are going to be? Saying an expression that he's lacking in a mila, <clears throat> lacking in an attribute, by definition is Lashon Hara because by definition it damages him. And it's not just <clears throat> smart. If I tell you he doesn't know how to learn, I'll tell you, he's not that talented. Listen, he's a good guy. Nothing wrong. He's just not a particularly talented guy. Or what about the following? He's a klutz. Now listen, he didn't choose to be a klutz, and I'm not blaming him for being a klutz. Just happens to be, whatever he touches, just ends up, whatever, he just, he's a klutz. Again, what I've done is innocently maligned, damaged another Jew. Obviously in terms of shaduchim, obviously in terms of business, obviously in terms of friends of his, but even if it didn't affect a single other thing, I spoke negatively, I damaged his position, his honor. You now look at him differently. Anybody you speak to about him, you're going to speak differently about him. I've taken a Jew and brought him down a notch. By definition, that's Lashon Hara. And again, it happens so often, and it's so innocent-sounding, that it requires almost introspection and watching our day-to-day conversations. And if you sit back and just listen at a Shabbos table, sit back and listen when people gather, and you listen to the conversations, I almost guarantee you'll find countless examples of this because it's so common, and not because anyone's mean, not because anybody's trying to hurt anybody, but just we talk about people, and before you know it, this spreads and this spreads and this spreads. And the Chavetz Chaim says, let's take one simple litmus test. If you want to know if it's Lashon Hara, let's just imagine they were saying it about you. Okay, let's say it's me. <clears throat> let's say it's me that someone says, <laughs> you just know, Schaefer is not that smart. <laughs> nice guy, he's not that smart. Or, nice guy, but he's a klutz. You know, come on, anything he touches, he, he botches up. He's not that talented, not that put together. Come on, good guy, I'm not saying anything wrong with him, just that's who he is. Explains the Chavaz Chaim, could you imagine the embarrassment, the pain 
<clears throat> Can you imagine the extent I would go after you to say, please, Habrachmanis, why are you saying about me? Why are you telling me I'm not smart? First of all, are you right? Is it true? <clears throat> well, then why are you doing it? You're damaging me. Imagine that it's not the other person, <clears throat> but imagine that it's you or your children, your family, <clears throat> how careful you would be to make sure that this doesn't spread. Explains the time. That's the litmus test. That's the proof. But regardless, <clears throat> it's Lashon and this is a very big chiddush that's important to remember. Let's assume that I'm not makbid. Let's assume that in my family, it's not a big deal. And let's even assume I have a child with that very same issue. And we'll go through the entire litmus, entire gallery of, of, of problems, whether it's paranoia or OCD or eating disorder, whatever it may be. I have a child myself with that very same problem. So obviously, I don't consider it a problem. And I tell you about so-and-so's family who also has a child with that problem. Obviously, I don't consider it a ganai. <clears throat> I don't consider it a negative because, <clears throat> to, obviously, first of all, I have a child myself. I may even tell you about my child. And the fact that I'm sharing it <clears throat> obviously means I don't really consider it a derogatory thing. And maybe you too don't as well. But what if that person who I'm telling it to and <clears throat> telling it about does consider it derogatory? What if the person I'm speaking about, they or the parents, consider it something they want hidden? Number one, automatically I've taken that person down in people's eyes. If you, Not to you, but to people you will tell, you will tell others. And eventually it gets back to that person, causes them embarrassment, causes them pain. And you should know the concept of support groups, which are very important and very significant and have a lot of advantages are things that you have to be very, very careful about. If you have a son who's addicted to whatever it may be, and you join a support group with other people, and other people are there, you have every right to be open and considering that they're supporting one another and considering that for them it's not a mila. You may have to clear it with your children if your child is of age and etc. But you certainly have no right to talk about other people outside this immediate area and if you go to a support group and you find out that so-and-so's child also has this problem, that must remain completely secret and you cannot divulge that to any other person. So imagine that I go to Alcoholics Anonymous, whether it be for myself, whether it be for my child, and I see some other Jews there. I see Ruvain and Shimon and Levi, and I now find out that they too have the same problem I have. We're addicts. Now obviously, we're in this together. But I now know something that Ruvain or Shimon or Levi may not want out to anyone else. And if I go to other people and I divulge that information, almost by definition, I'm speaking Lashon Hara. If, in fact, they're completely open about it and they tell the world, or if they tell me, I don't mind if you tell other people, that's one thing. But that's very rare. The point is that if I find out information about another Jew and it's information that on some level, in some way, could be damaging, it's my obligation to keep that a complete, utter secret. I can't share it with my friends. I can't share it with my family. I can't share it with other people who may have similar problems because these are secrets that when they get out, hurt reputations, hurt people's standing, and is almost automatically Lashonara. And it doesn't only have to be huge issues of problems, saying that a person is not a hard worker, saying that a person is not 
very talented, saying that a person is just lacking in any trait. Any trait can be damaging, can be Lashon Hara. And here's another example that is often missed and commonly commonly spoke about and not realize how severe it is. As you probably know, every Jew is an accountant. Every Jew is bucky, completely knowledgeable about someone else's, how much money they have, how much money they don't have. I one time got a little bit fed up and I said, I'm going to start my own website called OPM, Other People's Money, because I need to know what's really going on. So I'm not going to rely on other, you know, your, your opinion. I go to the real source. I go to every Sheitelmacher in town. <clears throat> I go to every barber because that's when women spill their guts out at the Sheitelmacher. And I find out exactly what's doing by Yanam. I put them on my site. I <clears throat> list everyone's assets, everyone's liabilities. Come to my website and you'll find out the truth. Now, <clears throat> even though I say this completely facetiously, the point is that you and I don't know. We talk about this one's standing, how this one's doing and that one's doing. And <clears throat> we really don't have a clue. <laughs> we don't have any idea. Now, let's assume, for whatever the reason, to Ruvain, it's important that people know that he has money. Now, it's obviously a basic ashkafa, and it's certainly one of the basic Dastor concepts that Hashem determines how much money you'll have. But more than that Hashem will determine how much money you have, it's not a din in you. It doesn't say that, therefore, you're a great person. It doesn't say you're a wonderful person in any sense. Money can come to a person for a bracha, for a klala, or for an asayan, it could come for many reasons, and it cannot come, and it has nothing necessarily to do with you. And if a person has any real understanding, they understand that money is given for reasons, and they don't consider it a myla, an attribute in and of themselves. Okay, that may be true, but the bottom line is, to many people, it is considered very important. And many people very much want it to be known in the world that they have money. Okay, so let's assume we have a fellow, Ruvain, who builds himself a palatial mansion, the most, the largest house in Flatbush. I mean, it's gorgeous. And he drives a fancy car, and he drops untold amount of money on the wedding and the bar mitzvahs. It is clearly very important to him that the world knows that he has money. Okay, but let's in fact assume that I find out that he doesn't. And let's say, assume one day you and I are talking, and you say, whoa, do you know Ruben? He's so wealthy. And I say to you, I'll tell you the truth. He's Listen, he's better off than you and me. Don't get me wrong. But he's nowhere near what you think he is. I just know he got hit real bad recently in the real estate bust, and he's hurting. Granted, he's still doing okay, but he's nowhere near what he used to be. Now, obviously, I didn't malign him. I admitted, number one, he has more money than you and I still, maybe put together ten times over. So, obviously, I didn't hurt him. And what I told you was 100% true. Let's assume I was a lawyer on the deal. So I know, in fact, that he lost a tremendous amount of real estate holdings. So I know it factually. So all I've done is let you know. What's the big deal? That's not Lashon Hara, is it? That is 100% Lashon Hara. Why? Because he sure doesn't want it to be known. And the world used to hold him up to be a very, very super wealthy guy. Now I'm telling he's just average wealthy. I've just taken him down a notch. I've damaged his standing, damaged his reputation, and it may sound, come on, ridiculous. He shouldn't be into money that way anyway. <clears throat> and why is he? That's not my concern, not your concern. To him, it's very important that the world sees him as a super wealthy individual. And that's how you and I viewed him till now. If I share information about him, it takes him down a notch, 
takes him down a level. Certainly, he would do anything in his power to keep it secret. Certainly, he'll be hugely embarrassed when it's found out. But even if it weren't true, just the fact that I've taken him down a notch is something that's clearly Lashon Hara. Obviously, it could cause him tremendous financial harm if he has other creditors or other business dealings. If he doesn't have the same standing in the community, clearly it's going to damage him. It's clearly a situation that doesn't sound like it's Lashon Hara, but automatically it is. And just because he's famous, by the way, doesn't make it any more permitted. If his name is Bill Gates, let's assume the from Bill Gates, and he's the wealthiest man in, in the Jewish world in North America, and everyone talks about him, and I let you know he lost half of his money, automatically I've taken him down, automatically I've caused trouble for him, and automatically I've spoken Lashon Hara. And it's not just money, any talent. Let's assume the world held Ruvain, let's use Shimon now for a minute, the world held Shimon to be a tremendous Tamachachim, brilliant Tamachachim, Shas and Poskim, he's untouchable, unbelievable. And I happen to learn with him, and he's very good, listen, that's fine, Chash Tamachachim, but not quite like the, the world's Tamachachim you think he is. And I let you know exactly that. Listen, I'm not telling you uh, he's a plain person. Again, way, way better than you and me. You just know the Shas and Poskim he hasn't mastered. He's not that great as you think he is. Obviously, that's not Lashon Hara, right? Because I didn't, <clears throat> didn't tell you he doesn't know how to learn. I admitted he's better than you and I. But the minute I take him down from that stature of <clears throat> super Tamachachim to average, I've damaged him, I've taken him down. Clearly, it'll affect whatever he does if he's a Rav, if he writes Svarim, his works aren't going to be as popular. But even if it doesn't affect him that way, just the fact that I've taken him down from the super level to the average automatically is Lashon Hara. I've damaged his reputation. I've damaged his standing. Any negative report about a person's traits, whether I say they're lazy, <clears throat> they're indolent, I say they're arrogant, clearly damages their reputation. But even if I tell you that they don't have a mila. They're not too smart. They have a temper. They don't work on the midos. They're selfish. Clearly damages their reputation. <clears throat> but here, this is another level. If you held him to be super talented and I take him down a notch, there too, I damage his reputation. And many times, it depends on who the person is and <clears throat> whether what you say damages that person or doesn't. Let's take a good example. Let's imagine we're talking about Levi. And I say to you, you know, Levy, he learns three hours a day. Now, Levy learns three hours a day could mean a lot of things. If Levy is a hard-working balabas, he has a family, a large family to feed, and he works very hard, and he's very involved in the community, and yet he still manages to work and learn three hours a day, that's a very impressive mila and is a huge compliment. If Levi happens to be in Kolal and has no other obligations other than learning and he learns three hours a day, clearly it's derogatory. The point is it depends on who the person is, what stature they were in, what position they were in. The statement isn't spoken in a vacuum. It's spoken about a person and it either puts him up or puts him down. But the minute it takes him down at all from who he's supposed to be, who you hold he is, automatically it damages his reputation. And again, even if to you and I, it's not a big deal. Even if to you and I, it doesn't really matter. To him it might. To others it does, and it damages him. 
And let's again, just because again, these things are so common, let's assume that you and I are having financial trouble and we can't pay our bills and we're meeting together. What are we going to do about this and this and that? And I tell you, you know, Levy had a stick. He was in the same trouble and he did X, Y, and Z. Now, if I share with you something that helps you, that's very nice. But if I mention his name and let you know that he too is as poor as we are, what I've done is spoken Lashon But what do you mean? We're, we're in that boat ourselves. Obviously, we can't look down on it. Oh, but we sure do. <clears throat> because we looked at him as a regular guy, <clears throat> maybe a wealthy guy. I now took him down a notch. And even though <clears throat> I'm focusing on money here, because again, a lot of people do focus on money, it's any mile, any trait, any attribute. If my <clears throat> expression takes him down, if it <clears throat> damages his reputation in any way, very likely it'll cause him collateral damage, but even if it doesn't, I've hurt him. Even if I didn't mean to hurt him, even if I didn't speak badly directly, and even if the person I spoke to right now, it wasn't damaging, the word can spread, eventually it gets back to him and causes him embarrassment or causes him loss, and it's Lashonara. And I believe that's exactly the answer for Yehuda ben Gerim. What he said was lacking in discretion. The Romans were in the land then, and he went and told his parents who either weren't Jewish themselves, nor Gerim, and had context outside the Jewish community. And what he said was an expression that wasn't <clears throat> destructive in a sense. He didn't say bad things about the Tamir Chamim. He didn't mean to harm them. He didn't say it to cause trouble, but it lacked wisdom. It was a dangerous expression. He said over something that when someone told someone, told someone caused tremendous harm. The harm was Rabbi Yossi was sent to Tzipori to exile. Shemarei had to run for his life. And the words that he said carried no derogatory meaning in them, carried no damaging information about the reputation of the Yitzchachamim. But it caused them tremendous damage. Because of what he said, someone told someone, the Romans found out about it. And what happened was these great Tzipori were put in jeopardy because he lacked discretion and told us over, that's exactly considered Lashon Hara. You see, Lashon Hara is not just if I speak directly words that damage you and say you're a fool, you're a nar, you're lazy. Even if I say words that cause someone to tell someone and eventually it comes back to haunt you, that's Lashon Hara. I can ruin a shidduch, I can ruin a business, I can ruin a shalom bias. There are many, many situations where discretion is called for. And the reality is, there are countless numbers of times when very serious shalom bias problems come up because people repeat things that they shouldn't have repeated. And what I said wasn't so bad, I mentioned that the wife spent some money in this situation, and maybe she didn't have to. I mentioned that the husband did this and maybe didn't have to. If I know information that if it gets back to a spouse, and causes the spouse trouble, automatically it could be a tremendous example of Lashon Hara. And a person has to be very, very careful about what they say, even if it doesn't look directly like it's damaging, even if it doesn't look like directly that it's hurting a person. And I want to share with you another example of things that we assume aren't Lashon Hara and don't sound bad, but actually are. Let's assume I'm eating at your house Shabbos, and for dessert, you serve cake. And it's a very good cake. And I comment, it's delicious. And you say, yeah. And you say, oh, you live in so-and-so. Tell me, how's the bakery over there? And I say to you, the bakery's lousy. This stuff is so thick and ugh, full of Crisco. Ugh, I can't stand it. 
Now, look, I didn't do anything bad, right? I spoke about a bakery. So obviously that's not Lashon Hara, right? But the problem is it is 100% Lashon Hara. Why? Number one, <clears throat> explains the Chavetz there are things called taste. I like one type of cake, you like another type of pastry, this person like this. It happens to be that this bakery isn't to my taste. But the proof that they bake well is the fact that they're in business. And obviously some people, maybe even a lot of people, think it's delicious. I don't think it tastes good. When I tell you <clears throat> this bakery stinks, they do heart, whatever my expression is, <clears throat> I'm speaking about the business of a Jew and I'm damaging them. Why? Because you now know <clears throat> that X bakery is bad. You may tell someone who tells someone who tells someone and they won't do business with that bakery. Or even if that doesn't happen, you'll meet the owner of the bakery and you're going to look less at him because of it. And even if that doesn't happen, just the fact that I've spoken about a Jewish business, about Jewish merchandise in a way that takes it down, the person who owns that business, the people who work there are damaged by my words and I've spoken Lashon Hara. And again, these types of situations happen all the time. I went out to eat last night at such and such restaurant. And he asked me, so how was it? <laughs> Service was terrible. Now, number one, it may be true. But it could be that it happens to be that the two waiters who were supposed to be there didn't show up. They were sick. Or it could be even it's true and they have lousy service. But when I say to you that they have lousy service, I've damaged a Jewish business Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Maybe you're not as particular about waiting. Maybe I am more fussy about time than you are. And you're not going to go there, and I've just hurt the business. Now, again, as we've discussed in previous sessions, if it's Latoelis, if you want to go out to eat in a restaurant and you ask me, you know, tell me, what's the service like? What's the food like? And I know that you want to know this, and I'm telling you Latoelis, I'm telling you because you want, you like a particular type of food, or you like a particular kind of service, uh, you're asking for a good reason, I'm telling you for a good reason, and it's Latoelis. If you're, if you have a bar mitzvah, and you're buying a lot of baked goods, and you want to know, is this bakery to your liking? Will they, are they reliable? Do they bake well? And I know that information factually, you're asking for a good purpose, I'm telling you for a good purpose, and it's permitted. It's mutter, and it's a mitzvah. But the vast majority of the time, when we talk about Jewish businesses, whether they're bakeries, whether they're caterers, whether they're service bureaus, whether they're printers, we're very free and very open in our comments, and it's almost always Lashon Hara because it damages a person's business. It's forbidden to speak about a business. It's forbidden to speak about an organization, and it's forbidden to speak about merchandise. If I tell you he sells lousy goods, I tell you his stuff is subpar. Automatically, I'm speaking Lashon Hara. Again, if you're asking me for a good purpose, you're in the market, and I'm telling you it's Latoelis. Otherwise, it's absolutely forbidden, and it's absolutely Lashon Hara. And there's one other area that comes up very often and is another example of exactly this. <clears throat> what about talking about events from a person's past? What a person did when they were younger, what they were involved in in previous times. <clears throat> many, many situations remain completely, <clears throat> totally Lashon Hara. Let's go back to some of our examples. Let's assume <clears throat> a person was addicted, whether it be to drugs or gambling or whatever it may be. And now they're finished. 
They worked hard. They worked the program. They really worked them, and they're, they're cured, and they're a changed man. Okay, <clears throat> but I know the history, and I let you know. You just know this guy used to be in Gamblers Anonymous. This guy used to be in Alcoholics Anonymous. <clears throat> this guy was involved in this. Obviously, <clears throat> what I've done is tremendously damaging to that person. Why? Because <clears throat> what it does is let you know that what you see now is not what he used to be. And when it comes time for his children to get married, or it comes time to enter a business deal, or it comes time to just meet him in shul, you're going to look at him differently. The fact that he used to do it and no longer is a tremendous credit to him and is a tremendous milo, but very likely he doesn't want it to be known. And even if he's not that mockbit about it being known or not, if my spreading it causes him harm because of damage or reputation, to his children, to his family, to his business, or whatever it may be, automatically, it's Lashon Hara. And there are many, many examples of exactly this. Let's imagine a child. Now, most situations, when things are done by children, it's explained the way that's the nature of a child, and it's not a big deal. Chavetz Chaim explains that many a time, if I speak now about an adult, and I tell you what he was like as a child, Many, many times it's not Lashonar at all. Why? Because children are children, and children do things, and there are stories about tremendous Gedolei Torah, who as kids were wild and used to do all kinds of antics, but that's juvenile, that's kid stuff, and it doesn't reflect badly at all on the person. However, there are many times when you can damage a child, and there are many times when you can damage an adult by telling about what it was like for him as a child. Let's assume that there's a young man We'll call him now, he's 22 years of age. And it happens to be, I know that when he was a kid, he had leukemia. And you don't know. You just know. Nothing wrong with the guy. You know, now he's healthy and well, and certainly, obviously, not his fault. I just want you to know he had leukemia when he was a kid. Now, obviously, that's not Lashon Hara. He didn't do anything bad. He didn't exactly <clears throat> ask to contract it. He didn't go to a polluted pool and get it. It's just the way Hashem runs the world. So, obviously, it's not Lashon Hara, Right? Except what happens when it comes time for him to look for a shidduch. And all of a sudden, people know that he has leukemia and they're not interested in him. Now, obviously, if it gets time for really serious, it's something that he's going to tell the person. And that's his business to tell the person. Or if someone asks me, their daughter wants to go out with him, what do I know? They're asking me to tell us and certainly I will tell. But if I divulge that information now and let it be known, I guarantee people will look at him differently and they will deal with him differently, and it will have very grave and serious consequences. But more than anything, it's not my business to let it out. The Torah demands discretion. The Torah is concerned about other people's honor, and I'm obligated to be concerned for another Jew's honor the same way I'm obligated to defend my own honor. About my own reputation, about my own standing, I am hypersensitive. And I'll go to tremendous lengths to make sure that no one knows all the damaging information about me, my family, my background, my past. And the Torah demands that I have the same sensitivity to other people. And that's really the essence of this issue. So if you know information about a child that there used to be on medication, whether it be for ADHD or depression or anxiety or OCD or whatever it may be, and they need a therapy for whatever it may be, <clears throat> The vast majority of the time, it's Lashon Hara. Why? It's not affecting him now. Clearly, he's gotten over. Look, he's a star 
top guy in the, in the yeshiva. Big as Masmid. That's very nice, <clears throat> very well. But if you let out information that hurts him, whether it be in terms of his future, <clears throat> whether it be for getting married, whether it be for business, whether it be dealings with his in-laws or parents, or whatever it may be, <clears throat> you're damaging his reputation, you're hurting him, <clears throat> and you're not allowed to say it. And I'd like to share one more little step that's very interesting. What if I tell you <clears throat> that so-and-so, you see him? You know he's a Balchuva. Now, obviously, that's not Lashon Hara, right? <laughs> what's what's Lashon Hara? His parents weren't from, his grandparents, his great-grandparents weren't from. And look what he made of himself. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> he pulled himself up by the bootstraps and made himself into someone. Now, I'll share something on a very personal level. Clearly, <clears throat> I do not think that it's Lashon Hara <clears throat> to call someone a Balchuva. My oldest daughter, <clears throat> we were given a choice of quite a number of Shaduchim, I chose a fellow who was a Balchuva because he was a tremendous person and I'm extremely happy. He's an unbelievable person. He was 15, 16 when he made himself into it, but he made himself into what he is. And the Katrila, my wife and I, were looking for a Balchuva. Why? Because we have an approach, we have an attitude that if a person really makes themselves into it, they're much stronger, they're much darker. So clearly to me, personally, it's not a chesoran, it's not a lack to call someone a Balchuva. But you know what? I'm not the decider of other people's sensitivities and other people's feelings. If a person doesn't consider personally something he's embarrassed about, in fact, it's something he's proud about, then there's nothing wrong telling everyone he's about tshuva. But let's assume for whatever the reason, whether it's a mishagas, whatever the reason is, he's embarrassed about it, and he doesn't want it out, and he keeps it quiet. And I let you know under the you know on the QT, you just know he's about tshuva. That's damaging information. Why is it damaging? <clears throat> Who could look at him differently because of it? Who could look at him badly? It's damaging for one reason. He doesn't want it to be known. When you tell someone who tells someone he's going to feel embarrassed, he's going to feel hurt, and automatically it's lashon well, <clears throat> And the point here is that even if it's something that you and I both may say it's not bad, <clears throat> not derogatory, it's exactly lashon <clears throat> because to him, the one we're speaking about, it is. And I think this Chazal shares with us a tremendous Yisod. Rabbi Shimon Baruchai spent 12 years in the cave. How did he get there? <clears throat> because there was one Jew there, Yehuda ben Girim, who didn't <clears throat> try to malign the Tamir Chachamim. He didn't try to speak badly about them and spread the word to the Romans, you know, bad and evil, the Chachamim, quite the opposite. He himself was a tremendous Tamachacham. Tosa says he was also <clears throat> in that group of Tanaim. But what he did was, was lacking in discretion. He spoke words that ended up being told to someone else, told to someone else. Those words were heard by the Roman government. The result of it was that Rabbi Yossi was sent to exile. Rabbi Shemarei was sent in 12 years, had to run away to the cave. Because of his lack of discretion, he caused tremendous pain, tremendous damage to Tamir Chachamim, and he was held accountable. The Rambam's definition is, if I tell words that spread, from you to the next one to the next one, then end up damaging a person, <clears throat> whether causing him financial damage, <clears throat> body to his harm, harm to his body, <clears throat> causing him embarrassment, causing him any sort of pain or fear. That, by definition, is what makes it Lashon Hara. If I tell you he has a bad trait, <clears throat> if I tell you he has a temper, he's arrogant, he's stingy, he's self-centered, automatically I'm damaging his reputation. <clears throat> but even if I don't tell you something damaging per se, he doesn't have a particular attribute. He's not the brightest guy in the world. He doesn't know how to learn that well. He's not that talented. He's not that well off. I didn't damage him, right? 
Well, I did because you used to think he was pretty smart. You used to think he was pretty talented. I could harm him in terms of getting a job, in terms of a shidduch, in terms of people wanting to be friendly with him. And even if I don't, I took him down a notch. And even if I know factually that this is true, the fact that I know it factually to be true is goof what defines it as Lashon Hara. If it weren't true, it would be Motsi Shemra. And the fact that it's true is what makes it Motsi Shemra. And even if you assume that he was smarter than he is, even if you assume he had more money than he had, even if you assumed he knew more Torah than he really did, and I tell you the truth, I've taken him down a notch, and I've damaged his reputation. Any damage that I do to a person by letting you know what he's, that he's not as great as he was, not as great as you thought he was, automatically is Lashon Hara, and it applies to businesses, and applies to people, it applies to families, and applies across the board. It's something that a person has to be very conscious of. Mekadosh Baruch will grant us the wisdom and the ability to be careful and cautious with the words that we say. You've been listening to Guard Your Tongue, a practical, engaging guide to the laws of Shmiras Halashon. This is one of many Shmuz series. The Shmuz needs your help to continue its vital work. We have no major donors and are supported by people who recognize the value of the message and want to help us get it out to as wide an audience as possible. Please go to theshmooze.com donate section where you can be a part of making this dream a reality. That's www.theshmooze.com theshmooze.com